What's up guys? It's your girl Faith. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in for another spiritual vitamin day. This is the second episode and today I have a special guest that's coming on here. He is a mighty powerful man of God. His name is Martin Sheely. We have been friends for a very long time. I know that he has some good old spiritual nuggets for you guys. So I just say let's go on and eat real good. All right, let's go. Yo, what's going on everybody? Faith, thank you for the introduction. It means a lot, man. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to be a part of your second episode. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to clap my hands to you because just your willingness to listen to God um, to start this spiritual vitamins crew um, means a lot. Uh, so I just pray that God just grants you favor and grace in this season just because you just listen to his voice. Um, but to everybody else that's listening, man, what's going on? What y'all got going on, man? I know this quarantine got y'all just inside the house with nothing to do. We'll watch Netflix and just chill. Um, that's all I've been doing at homework. So, you know what I'm saying? Stay inside, man. Stay inside because this thing going to pass over real soon. I don't know when, but I know it's going to pass over. Um, shout out to everybody that, you know what I'm saying, t- took time out their day because y'all could be doing anything else. Y'all can be watching any show on Netflix on Lifetime, anything, or just be chilling with somebody else. But y'all took time out y'all day, man, to listen to what God had put on my heart in regards to um, what I'm going to be talking about. So I'm not going to waste any time just because I like getting straight to it. Um, So what I'm going to be talking about is battling and dealing with depression um, and anxiety, uh, low self-esteem, identity crises and stuff like that and the only reason why i think god laid it on my heart was simply because this is a topic that a lot of people our age and even older people too they just seem to avoid simply because they don't want to make them make themselves vulnerable uh, so i'm gonna be real with you guys uh, i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything and i'm gonna get my biblical perspective on it also just the natural sense of it too because i think we got to find a way to balance out both sides because if you don't it's hard to try to uh, manage and overcome it if you just don't be real about every single emotion that involves those type of um, disorders. Um, so, like I said, man, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I'm not. I'm not here to, you know, try to make it seem like I'm a holy high roller and I got it all together. Because at the end of the day, I'm not perfect. And at the end of the day, you know, it's all about authenticity and it's about just being real. Just being real and bringing all your your problems to the forefront. Um, so I'll start off in prayer and then we can just jump right into it. God, I thank you for um, just waking us up this morning. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for just existing and being real and being true to who you are. Remaining consistent in who you are even when we're inconsistent. Um, God, I just pray that you just open the ears of everybody that's listening. And I also pray that you just grant them favor and, and, and unexpected blessings in this season. I pray for a realm of protection over their family, their friends, and their loved ones. Um, I just pray that you just have your way for the next 30 to 35 minutes, hopefully, um, and let your spirit move. And if anybody needs deliverance from this, um, I pray that you just work on their hearts and uh, regulate their minds so that they can be closer to you. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. So let's jump right into it, man. So um, a lot of people don't, for, the, for those who don't know who I am, um, my name Martin. And uh, man, I, I've, I've battled a lot in the last three to four years that I've never told anybody. 
uh, simply because I think it was more so a prideful thing. Um, I think it had a lot to do with my position in terms of who I was. Uh, a lot of people know who I am. So, of course, when a lot of people know who you are, you try to maintain this this identity that, you know, everything is okay. Um, that, you know, you got everything figured out. Um, and that, you know, everything is just, you just live in a perfect world. So it made me um, ignore the fact that I still had problems for quite some time. But I think I got to a point where my problems became so prevalent that I ignored the reality that I was not okay. And it, it resulted in me just having outbursts and uh, having mood swings, imbalanced diets, um, all this, all types of deals. And honestly, the the depression really came about more so, I want to say about two years ago, um, I, I I was identifying myself with the wrong things, um, and I was wasting my time with the wrong things, and it resulted in me um, putting my identity in something that would not last forever. And I think that's a common problem with people is that we put our identity in things that um, are only temporary, and it's typically it's the things of this world that's temporary. Um, and then that resulted in me not having confidence in myself that swagger that I had before um it went down the drain um that that motive that desire to become better went down the drain you know I was sitting come home and my parents wouldn't even know that I was experiencing you know depression and anxiety and all the types of deals because I'll come home and I'll just you know smile and keep it moving and just say I'm okay come home good grades playing ball I'm good but on the inside, I was I was ripping myself to shreds. Um, just coming home, acting like I was gonna eat food, and then just go back upstairs and just be in my own world. Um, and and depression is not. A lot of people think that depression is something that is. Um, how can I put it? It is something that leaves you in constant sadness because that's one of the symptoms. But depression is a chemical imbalance in your brain which means that once you become constantly sad, it conditions your brain to actually be depressed. So you that's where you get clinical depression from because it's a chemical imbalance. Like doctors can prove this. Um, so before I even start off anything, man, if you guys are experiencing any of these symptoms where, you know, you think of that one thing and it throws your appetite off, you have no drive to get up out the bed, no energy, um, you feel as though you just feel distant from the world, you're cutting everybody off. These are symptoms that needs to be addressed and brought to the forefront because if you leave these symptoms untreated, I promise you long-term, it will be detrimental for your future. I repeat, it will be detrimental for your future. Don't let pride get to you. Don't let your self-esteem get to you. If you have a problem and you know that you've been in constant sadness and it's, it feels like you got a cloud over you every time you wake up and a cloud over you before you go to sleep, talk to somebody, man. Like Venting is so 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 beneficial it is so beneficial simply because you're just letting off steam and i think that's one of the coping mechanisms that you can have with this is just letting off steam by just talking to somebody that you trust um so like i said man loneliness was definitely um one of the biggest indicators that i knew something was wrong in my first stages um simply because i felt as though the root of my problems and what I was going through was solely spiritual. 
So I felt as though if I couldn't talk to somebody about what I was going through, um, besides God, I just I I just kept my mouth shut. Um, so I, I I mean of course I kept my pre my prayer life, but at the same time I felt as though nobody will understand, nobody will feel where I'm coming from, nobody can understand why God is removing certain people out of my life or letting things happen, and it's like. You know, you can sit there and talk to somebody about it, but at the end of the day, you can talk all day, but they do not have the answer. Or, you know, in a natural sense, like, you know, say if I was depressed about something going on with school or I was depressed about something that was going on with my family, like, I feel like nobody understood or felt every emotion that I felt. So I was like, why should somebody be a liable candidate to um, listen to what I got to say? Um, but I think I did a disservice to myself. I did a disservice to God and even and even those people too, simply because I've I found out that the simplest thing in the world that God is relational. He works through people. So you never know who may be a blessing to you simply if you just open up your mouth. Um and I it took me about two years to simply just open up my mouth and just say that I'm not okay. Um and that was that was one of the biggest things that um, that I knew something was wrong. Secondly, I just had no motor to do anything. I, I, I would just go through the motion. And then I just, I fell out of love with stuff. I fell out of love with playing ball. I fell out of love with developing new uh, friendships. Like I just, I just kept everything inside. I internalized everything. And I always tell people that come to me about advice that when you internalize stuff, uh, bad things, uh, it can take a, t a long, a long term. Uh, it can take a turn for the worse, long term, simply because when you start to internalize stuff, it gets built in for so long. Then that one time when something throws you off, it's a, it's a rage. It's just, it's just like you just flip out because you've been holding it in for so long. So I encourage you, man, if you're going through stuff like that, man, like, like let it out. You have to vent. It is healthy for you to vent because if you don't vent, I promise you. I, I guarantee you, if you do not vent, rather if it be with God, your parents, uh, uh, yourself, whoever, friends, you have got to have a person to bleed. Because if, if not, if you do not bleed, I promise you, your wounds will not get treated. It will not get treated. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why people just stay in the bondage that they're in simply because they leave their wounds untreated and then... What happens is once you wound it, you bring it upon somebody else. Now they get held accountable for something that you didn't do for yourself. Now it's a domino effect. So depression is more than just you, but it affects those around you. Um, and I, I know I've lost people to depression. I've lost people and friends to this, to anxiety, simply because they gave up. And I'm not making it seem as though that, that, that they should never gave up. But at the same time, if you do not treat these wounds, if you do not treat um, these symptoms early and, and identify them early, I promise you it's, it's going to turn out, it, nine times out of 10 is going to turn out for the worse. Um, simply because I, I was I was definitely a, a victim of that. Um, like I said, um, also no sleep, you know, stuck in a bed, just getting up in the morning, I'm like, man, I just don't want to do anything today. Um, that was one of the indicators, too. And then one of the other ones that I had, the third one, I used to overthink a lot. And I would just drown myself in my own thoughts. 
Um, I mean, I would literally almost as if live in a future, even though I was in the present, just because my mind would always think so negatively. And I think that's one of the fine indicators, too, when you know something is wrong, is when you're constantly living in a in a future that hasn't even happened yet. Um, and if it's on a positive side, yes, that's fine. But when you constantly um, moody just because of something that did not happen, um, that can also be an indicator that, you know, this is my this might be an early sign of depression. So I gave you guys those pointers to identify with just because I want you guys to be like, you know what, maybe that can be me. Maybe I am that person. Um, maybe, you know, I I can be depressed or getting to that point. Um, and I, let me let me defeat this stigma right now. Um before anything, before I jump into the spiritual perspective of stuff, because it's going to correlate to my first point. A lot of old school preachers and teachers just say, oh, oh, don't say you depressed. You you healed by the blood of Jesus and this, that and the third. Let, let me let me let me. Drop that, because at the end of the day, vulnerability is what's going to get you to overcome what it is you're going through. Like the Bible says, God told us that we're supposed to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. He didn't say just some of the cares, but he said all of our cares. So in order for you to cast all your cares, you have to be vulnerable. So for those people that tell you, like, you know, don't 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 say that you're depressed. Don't say that you're going through low self-esteem. Don't say that. I, I would I would almost toss that out the window simply because how how do you know how is God supposed to work in your life if you don't tell him what you need to be worked on at like how is how are you supposed to identify with God if you have nothing to identify with so before I even get to the spiritual side of thing I need you guys to like it's a lot of people that's teaching that and that's false doctrine like at the end of the day God cares about everything that concerns us but the only way he'll be able to work is if we give him something to work with. Like, we have to present these things to God. If you don't present these things to God, he cannot manifest them. So he's subject according to what we say. Yes, he's all-powerful, but he wants to see if we have enough faith to work in him and through him so that we can overcome whatever it is that we're going through. Um. So my first point tonight, I promise y'all I won't be before y'all too, too long. I promise I'm going to be real. Um, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, confidence, this is not of God. It is not the will of God for you to not be happy. It is not the will of God for you to not be happy. Let me say that one more time. It is not the will of God for you to not be happy. The root, the root of what you're going through, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD, OCD, it is spiritual. I repeat, the root of those are spiritual. They are not anything of this world. So what I'm trying to say is, in order to attack the root with the spiritual, we have to beat it with the spiritual. You cannot use anything of this world to try to defeat those, those things. And I think that's why so many people go back and have other episodes because they try to figure out, well, I can use something of the world. I can use drinking. I can use smoking. I can go out to a party. I can use this relationship. I can use this, that, and the third to try to 
defeated, but nothing of this world will defeat the thing that is spiritual simply because you have to attack things by their root. If you got a weed that's in the ground, you cannot just go and just take from the from the top of the of the of the leaf and expect the weed to just be gone. You have to go in the ground, retrieve that root, bring it up so that it doesn't grow again. And it's the same thing that happens with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, no confidence, uh identity crises. You have to find the root. Where is the root? So with me, the root of my depression, the root of why I was going through what I was going through was simply because I had to identify that it was spiritual. God was allowing me to go through it, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't overcome it. If God allows you to go through something, that means that you have authority to overcome it. And I think a lot of people don't get that concept. When Job struggled, when he got everything taken away from him in the Bible, which is a, a story in the Old Testament, Job, the first thing that Job did when he found out that everything was to, was taken from him, he bowed down on his knees in worship, which brings me to my first point. You have to acknowledge the creation, which means you have to acknowledge God and show him, despite my circumstance, that I still have a high priest that's who can empathize in my weaknesses. So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every, uh, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let me repeat that again. This is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. This passage of scripture is talking about Jesus, which means that Jesus was tempted by every single thing that we ever struggled with during his time on earth. Like, I need you guys to grasp this concept. Hebrews is telling us that Jesus became depression. Jesus became diabetes. Jesus became paralysis. Jesus became anxiety. He became low self-esteem. He became it. He became it. But just because he became it doesn't mean that. How can I put it? Just because he was tempted by it. Does not mean that he be that that's who he was. That's who he identified himself to be. So with that being said, the first thing that you're supposed to do is acknowledge who God is in your life. Because that's like walking. I always tell people when they pray, acknowledgement is everything. When you pray, you don't go to God straight to your problem. You don't say, God, I'm, this is my problem. I'm bringing it to the forefront. Bam. You acknowledge God who he is first. God, I thank you for being the head of my life. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who died and paid away. God, I love you. I adore you. I appreciate you. That's almost as if, like, I'm walking into God's house, and I'm not just saying, hey, where the food at? I'm saying, hey, God, like, I want to appreciate you for letting me come over. So let me tell you about yourself. So it's the same thing when it comes to when you first identify with, like, I'm struggling right now. So in your prayer life, 
I would say when you feel like, you know, you're about to go through this this thing where it's like, man, I'm in a slump right now. Thank God for who he is. Like, I think sometimes the enemy will try to get you so caught up in trying to dwell in your sorrows that you lose sight of who God is and what he can do. And part of the acknowledgement process is just literally just stating who God is, not even talking about your problems just yet, because we're going we're gonna to get there. Like, acknowledgement is everything, because what happens is it shows you that you're putting the creation, who is God, over the creation, which is your problems. And when you can do that, that's when God sees your heart and says, you know what? They're looking for their problem to be fixed, but they're more focused on me to fix their problem. Does that make sense? So with that being said, acknowledgement is everything. When Job fell on his face and prayed, when he lost everything, when he lost his family, his his wealth, his house, everything, the first thing that Job said was, well, well first the first act that he had was that he fell down on his knees in worship. And one of my favorite scriptures that Job ever said, even when he was going through those hard times, he said, though he slayed me, yet will I still trust him, which is faith. And the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Job did not see the manifestation that God had, had for him just yet. He had nothing and still said that. So while you sit there and, 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 and dwell in your sorrows and say, God, like, man, I'm really struggling with depression. I'm really struggling with anxiety. Thank God for who he is. Say, God, I thank you for my happiness. God, I thank you for giving me confidence. God, I thank you for letting me overcome. Yet yeah, you might not see it yet. But if you put it in your mind to thank God for the things that's not even there yet, that shows God that you still have confidence in him to pull you through. So with that first point, remember, acknowledge that acknowledge the creation first, which is God, then the create then then the creator. Um, then the second point. This is the biggest point, probably. Acknowledge the struggle. This is when you go to God and say, you know what, God, I am not okay. I am suffering. My mind is messed up. I don't know how to process this, but I need you to come through for me. And for me personally, when I finally got out that shell and I let my pride to the side, when I say I went to God about every concern, I went to God about every concern that I had because I knew that vulnerability was going to bring out what needed to be fixed or managed. And, and to that point, too, depression, anxiety, and, and all those other symptoms, they are something that needs to be managed first. Then you have to overcome them. See, a lot of people just go straight to the overcoming. But the reality of it is, too, just to be real, sometimes you have to manage stuff first. Because if you don't know how to manage it, how do you expect to help somebody else if you don't even know what management is? Improper management is how you lead to people not knowing what to do. So I think sometimes God allows you to go through these things because he wants you to 
see how 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 can you manage when you don't have much? How can God trust you when you don't have much? Because if God was to give you everything, how would he know that you can be a responsible person with what he gives you? So sometimes he has to give you hard things in order to see how will you manage? How will you be held responsible for what I give you or allow you to go through? And sometimes that's what it is. I had to learn that the hard way that sometimes God allows me to go through my depression to see my reaction. It's not necessarily for him to see me be down, but to see my reaction. And sometimes things of that nature, those mental disorders, is just a self-reflection on yourself. You want to identify where you at spiritually? When you're going through these times, it's going to show you. It's going to expose you to who you really are. It's going to show you, God, you know what? Now I see. Because sometimes when you high-minded, because you got everything going your way, God will break you down to humble you. And sometimes some of the ways he will humble you is by taking stuff away. Sometimes he has to do that. Because he will never let you put another idol before him. He will never let anything come before him. And sometimes he has to attack. He has to allow your mind to go through that. Because your mind is your strongest weapon. That's why the enemy always, always attack your mind first. If you ever thought about it for a second and you just sit down and just thought about it for a second. The first thing you do whenever you're tempted by something, it starts with your mind, not your body. Because the enemy knows that if I can attack that person's mind. Where they make all their decisions at every decision that they make, if I can attack their mind. It's going to result in the actions. It's going to result in the actions. And that's that's why it's so important to have a different perception of what you're going through. And that's why I'm here to encourage you guys, because I, I had nobody to tell me this. Your perception of what you're going through is everything, because that's going to be the driving force into how as to how you overcome what you're going through. People always think that this Christian walk is the easiest thing in the world. But if you look in the Bible, look at Elijah, for example. Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament. But Elijah was also suicidal. Yeah, they might say he was a prophet. He heard from God. But didn't nobody tell. Don't nobody talk about when he was about to. He was asking God to end his life because of the weight of his assignment. And that's probably why the reason, one of the reasons why people go through what they go through because the weight of your assignment is too much. But why would God allow you to go through some stuff and allow your assignment to look as though it is heavy, knowing that there always is a way of escape? It might not be evident at first, but that's what faith is. It's the evidence of things that's not even seen yet. And sometimes the stuff that you go through it's not just only for you. It's for somebody else. So if you have no motivation to get through what you're going through, if you have no motivation to just keep fighting, fight for that person that's waiting for your breakthrough. Y'all don't understand how many people I have reached simply because I got through it. But had I not gone through it, those 20 to 25 people that I've I've been able to testify to and, hurt and, and, and talk to, 
I, I, I could only imagine. I will stress and say the blood will almost be on my hands. And if you look in the Bible, people like Paul, for example, who suffered for the sake of Jesus's name. People like Stephen in the Bible who suffered for Jesus's name. Let's even outside Jesus himself. A man who knew no sin became sin. A man who was on a cross when we were supposed to be on that cross. Like, just sit there and think about that for a second. The Lord's, God's most anointed people went through some form of suffering. If somebody was to tell you that the Christian walk is just a cake in a park, a walk in a park, I meant to say a cake walk, but a walk in a park, they lied to you. They lied to you. Because you're going to have trouble. The Bible says you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Which shows that he has power to control what we can't. And you have to realize, man, if you have no motivation behind fighting through depression, fighting through anxiety, fighting through PTSD, fighting through OCD, all these mental disorders, stress, anxiety. If you have no desire to fight, fight for somebody that you don't even know yet. Yeah, it might seem hard, even in the heap of the moment, but I promise you, why would God allow you to go through something when you've been faithful? Why would God allow you to go through hard times when you've been faithful? The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Not some of them, but all of them. So what that tells me is that, yes, I am going to be afflicted in my body. I'm going to be afflicted in my mind. I'm going to be afflicted in my will, in my behavior. But just because I am afflicted, that does not define who I am. That does not define where I'm going to be. And I need you guys to understand, man. I'm not trying to make it seem as though this is just the hardest thing in the world, but this is something that our generation struggles with. That this world struggles with our mind, our mental health. Nobody talks about mental health. Because they think that it makes you soft if we're just keeping it real. But in reality, it's the strong people. It's the strong people that are the ones that say, you know what, I'm not okay. Because the Bible says that in our weaknesses, he is made strong. He is made strong in our weakness. How can God work if you don't get him nothing to work with? That's why sometimes you can be you can remain in the bondage that you're in because you never put your problems to the forefront. If Jesus can say, take this cup from me. You're talking about somebody being just vulnerable. Jesus did not want to do it. He did not want to get on his human self. His human self did not want to take up that cross and die for us. But his spiritual self kicked in. And he knew that he was on assignment. And that's that's the next point. 
when you're on assignment, you're going to have trouble. When you're on assignment, difficult times will come. Like, it it has to come. Because you have to understand, like, we live in a world where evil is always present. We live in a world where to not see evil is almost is 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 literally impossible. So you have to like you 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 almost it's like it's imperative that you get through it just because. And I'm I'm going through my notes as as I'm speaking. I'm just trying to be real with y'all. And the third thing and the third thing, and I'm gonna leave off with this one. You have got to come up with a game plan. I can sit here and tell y'all all these spiritual vitamins and what's right and what you should do. But at the end of the day, you got to come up with a game plan. It's time to stop just dwelling your sorrows. It's time to th- stop complaining about it and saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's time to come up with a game plan. And for me, that game plan was simply just getting up out my bed. If anybody know me, well, I've been on the fast, but I say just blessed to see another day every day. I've been saying that for the last five years. Because me getting out of my bed is showing the enemy that I won today. Me getting out of my bed is showing that God is still in control. Me getting out of my bed today shows that, you know what, I might have a thousand problems on my mind, but the enemy is just not one of them. And that's just being real. That's my first step. That's my first game. When I get up in the morning, I, before I get out of my bed, I thank God just for letting me see another day. Secondly, find people that can hold you accountable. Find people who can hold you accountable for that first step. Find people who are intentional about seeing your growth. Because sometimes when you go through hard times, people are not as intentional as they may be. They might be there for a week. They might be there for a couple of days, but then they just get, they just say, you know what? Forget them. And sometimes that takes time, but accountability is everything because what happens is when you surround yourself with people who are better than you or want better for you, you have no choice but to fold for that. You have no choice but to be better. So find people that can hold you accountable because I got I got a group of brothers that I can call and I know I can call them at any time of the day and say, you know what, I'm struggling right now. I need you to pray for me or, you know what, I'm struggling right now. Just come through if you can, man. Just talk some life into me. I got those people in my corner and I thank God for them. They know who they are. The third thing that I would say, because at the end of the day, I, I know that. You know, it's going to be difficult to to carry out this game plan because your mind is so strong. But what I will say, and I'm going to leave it at this. When the enemy does attack your mind, speak the word of God. You want to build up your faith in God so that he can help you overcome it? Speak the word. But in order to speak the word, you have to read the word. So many people in our generation ain't reading the Bible. Read the word because it builds up your faith. And the reason why I say it is because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you don't hear the word of God, if you don't read the word of God, 
you would not have enough faith to overcome whatever it is that you're going through. Like I said at the beginning, the root of this thing is spiritual. The root of your depression, the root of your anxiety, the root of you having identity crises. It is spiritual. It is not natural. Nothing of this world has given, have, has given you. They might have influenced it, but it did not give you that. The enemy gave you that. So the only thing that can get you out of what you're going through is the word. Yes, that's cliche. I know. But at the end of the day, you have to attack it by its root. If you don't attack it by its root, I promise you, it's, it's going to come back. You might be good for about a week. Or if you smoke, you might be good for that session. If you drink, you might be good for that night. Like, let's keep it real. You might be good for that set for that slight second. But after that, you're going to be right back into it again. And I don't want to be that person that just lets you listen to this video and just, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm good now. So uh, it'll never come back, you know. Hopefully it'll never come back. And then it come back a day later. The only way, I promise you, the only way that you can overcome this is if you fight it with the spiritual. For the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not a worldly thing, but it's a spiritual fight that we fighting against every day, day in, day out. So many people try to use the things of the world. And trust me, I have been through it all. Let me tell you, I've been through it all. But we we have got to change our perception of what it is we're going through. Because if we don't, we're going to dwell in our sorrows. We're going to dwell in whatever it is that we're going through. And we're going to stay the same. Then those people that we were supposed to reach can't even reach them no more. How do you expect change if you can't be the change? You have to be you have to live a life of being uncomfortable sometimes so that you can reach those who think they are comfortable. I had to learn that the hard way. Like Hebrews 4 and 15 literally says that Jesus was tempted just as we are, which means that he was uncomfortable just as we are. If he was uncomfortable, a man who knew no sin, who are we to complain about when stuff ain't going our way? Jesus became every sin you can ever think of. But yet we pound and, and, and cry about when, when the little small things happen in our lives. Man, I ain't got enough money to buy some shoes or, man, I... I just, I don't know what I'm going to eat today, knowing that you ate three times today. Now, let's just keep it real. Jesus became everything that was bad so that he can win everything that's good. But that goes to my point. He can sympathize us in our weaknesses simply because he was tempted. He was tempted. With everything that we're tempted with, had it not been for him to be tempted, he could not be able to sympathize with us. And that's why. And that's the reason why you can bring your problems to the forefront. Right? People say bring your problems to the altar. Because what happens is when you bring your problems to God, God says, you know what? I already beat that already. Man, I overcame that already. That ain't nothing. That's nothing. And that's what God wants us to do. Acknowledge him for who he is. Acknowledge the struggle or the stronghold that you're in. Then come up with a game plan. 
And let me say that I'm going to keep it real with y'all. That game plan is going to be tough. I'm not going to say it's going to be the easiest thing in the world because it's not. Because sometimes it takes a week or a week and a half or two for you to really kick in and say, you know what? Man, it's it's about that time. Because I, I had to do that. I had to do that. And I'm going to leave it with this, man. When you're going through your game plan and you develop this game plan, whatever that look like, whether it's a three-step or a five-step or whatever the case may be, whenever you slip up, let that slip up or that sin remind you of how much more you need Jesus. I think that's one of the fine indicators why God allowed sin to come into the world to show us how much more we need him. So when you slip up, don't let the enemy say, you know what? You slipped up, man. Like, you're not even a liable candidate to even go to God about your problems. Because that's what the enemy will try to do. He'll try to trap you in that, too. But that gives you even more of a reason to go to God and say, you know what, God? I slipped up. I'm sorry. Like, make my heart new. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my, clean my thoughts. And then that's when you just start back over. Because we, we, we was born in sin. The Bible said we was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But just because we was born in sin does not give you an excuse to sin. It gives you a it gives you a reason to overcome sin. So with all that being said, you guys, I really hope this helped you guys, man, because it's really encouraging and blessed me just reading about it um, and just being real, man. Because at the end of the day, man, people ain't talking about this, you know, like people not talking about depression. They're not talking about anxiety. But here I am just. Letting y'all know, like, I've been through it. And am I, as of today, am I still struggling with it sometimes? To some extent, yeah. But I, when, I, when I feel it coming, I go back to the root. So I think if it's one thing I want to leave y'all with more than anything, attack the root. Attack the root. Whatever it is, whatever symptom it is, attack the root with the word of God. It is the word of God that is going to set you free. Hebrews 4 and 12 even says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Which means that if it's living and active, that means it's living and active whatever you're going through in life. It's living and active through your depression. It's living and active through your anxiety. Living and active through your confidence. Lack of confidence. It's living and active through anything. I hope this encouraged you guys, man. I just want you guys to know, man, like, if there's one thing I want to leave you guys with, man, like, speak life over yourself. Life and death is in the power of your tongue, the Bible says. Speak life into the things that you don't see. Because it shows God that I'm not identifying with my current state, but I'm prophesying to where I want to be at. And if you can get to a point where you can say, God, I want to be there. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be in your will. God will set provision for you. He will do it. Because if he can do it for Paul, he can definitely do it for me. A man who persecuted Christians. If he can do it for David, he can do it. If he can do it for Joseph in the pit, he can do it for me. He can do it for you. So I, 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 I challenge you guys, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged because I know that it is hard. Your mind is a is a is a is a powerful weapon that can be used for you or against you. But it's up to you to decide which factor is that going to be. 
So I, I encourage you, God, if you have not given your life over to Christ, I, I, I pray that you give your life over to Christ. And if you have given your life over to Christ, I pray that you just stay encouraged in this season. Um, and if you need to re rededicate your life, contact me of faith. Um, and if you need to um, just vent, we're here. I'm here. Y'all can hit me up. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. I keep my DMs open for prayer or whatever advice you guys need. But I really hope this helped y'all, man, because a lot of people ain't talking about this. A lot of people not talking about this. And I hope this this helped. I told Faith I was going to be 30 minutes, and here I am 44 minutes in. <laughs> but I want to say thank you guys for um, just listening in. Uh, and, and just you guys didn't have to do this, man, you know. I understand that. And if you made it all the way to the end, I appreciate it. If not, I appreciate you, you know, just being here for 10 to 15 minutes. But I'm going to pray us on out. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to be blessed to do another episode. If y'all like it, man, let me know. Give me some feedback, anything I need to work on. This is kind of like raw and cut. So, like, you see if I messed up or stuttered, you see why. I'm not trying to be all, like, super duper duper professional, but... I just want to be real with y'all, man. So I'm praying this on out. And like I said, give me feedback. I need it. Um, God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for um, for us just being overcomers. I thank you for giving us a high priest that can sympathize in our weaknesses just because he was tempted in every way, but then he didn't fold. Um, God, I thank and I praise you for everybody that's under the sound of my voice. I pray that you just give them a covering of protection um, over their households, over them, all their loved ones. Uh, I just pray that you grant them favor in this season, that your grace just be upon them, Lord God. I pray that you just touch everything that they put their hands to, Father. Um, and I just pray that you just continue to grow them in their minds, grow them in their spirits. Um, I pray that you just grow them in every aspect of their life, Lord God. Um, I thank you and I praise you. Keep using faith for your glory, Lord God, and just continue to prosper her in every way. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. I'm out, man. Appreciate you guys for listening. Love y'all. I don't know about y'all, but baby, that has been so good. That was some good old spiritual food. I'm over here nice and full. He blessed us with a mighty word and all those nuggets and tips on how to deal with anxiety and depression. Man, let's just keep on keeping on. We are going to be back and better come Wednesday for our spiritual vitamins. Have a great night, guys. Bye.